This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Thank you for tuning in to the Action Ambition Podcast. I am Philip Llanos, and today we are joined by Justin Weatherill, is the president and co-founder of You Break, I Fix, a leading electronics repair company based in Orlando, Florida. Justin co-founded You Break, I Fix in 2009 when he was just 21 years old. What started as an internet-based side hustle soon became a booming brick and boat brick and motor business today you break i fix operates more than 600 locations across the us and canada and under justin's leadership you break i fix has forged partnerships with industry giants like google samsung and helped to shape the future of the fledgling industry poised for continued growth alongside our growing dependence on personal technology and it's i'm literally at my desk i'm using nothing but apple products so you're the guy i need to be talking to justin how are you doing today i'm doing good now that's quite the intro I'm, that was awesome it's a story of your life man so did, did, we're talking about yourself here you know i my intro, doesn't, <laughs> my intro doesn't sound like that you know <laughs> 600 locations and you're working with google and samsung it's it's been quite the wild ride from from my bedroom to working with some of the greats of the industry it's been it's been really a really exciting journey 2009 too that was really really that was before anything that was like around the first iphone kind of area or maybe the second one at most right i think wow man okay so tell me yeah 21 years old do you come from a background of entrepreneurs like your family itself uh, no, I, I, I come from the opposite. So um, both my parents worked a nine to five uh, gotcha. their whole lives. I got to hear about the office drama and, you know, just how all that went. And I think growing up, uh, just hearing that probably pushed me to want to, uh, you know, do something different uh, with my career and with my life. So um no, my, my parents both worked their whole lives in cubicles and, and such and, and retired from, from the same nine to five. You know, they, they had the same job my entire life. And for you, that wasn't an option. That's not what you were about to do. Not if, not if I had my way. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you now have the choice of 600 locations and all the partners you want to have. What was that like? Um, is that the vision you had when you first started this? Or were you like, I'm just going to try and make money my own way. And then it turned into this thing you weren't even ready for. Yeah, I think for us, it was just a niche. You know, I, I broke my own phone, uh, tried to fix it, broke it worse. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm what I would call a proud nerd, um, built computers, kind of gamed, did all that my whole life. Um thought I have no problem fixing this small electronic and uh, realized in breaking it that if I was having that issue, there were probably a lot more people in that situation. So that was kind of the light bulb moment for me. Um, did I think that it would turn into all of this? Uh, no, but you know, we just kept our heads down 
and I think we're the beneficiaries of uh, a couple things like, you know, obviously we were entering an industry that who could have guessed the exponential growth it would see. I mean, we like you said we were, we were in it right at the beginning of the phone uh, as we know it today, the phone that took place of your digital camera and your TomTom and your iPod and, you know, all those things have now consolidated into one device. That wasn't the case when we started. Um, so I think people's reliance on the technology that, you know, we launched this company off of fixing has played a big part in our success. Uh, obviously the team that we've been able to build has played a big part, but macro and micro events um, and a lot of hard work and a lot of luck. Uh, that's what got us here. Luck. Oh man. 600 occasions is not luck. I mean, you know, thank you for being humble, but somewhere along the way you decided, you know what, if this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to double, triple down. And I respect that you come from a place of like, I have a problem and I'm sure others have this too. And I'm going to decide to do that because there, there's an entrepreneur bug going around right now. And a lot of people are like, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, and then obviously this year hit and a lot of people were seen for what they really were. Right. And so you coming from a place of, I have a problem and others do too. I'm going to solve it. That's as entrepreneurial as you can get. That's, that's like the spirit and the soul of entrepreneurship and to grow it the way you have, there had to have been, you're telling me, you know, you have the driving force of your parents and this and that, but did, is that all that drove you to do that? Cause you, you say you also have this interest in technology. Has that changed now that that's the thing that you have to do for a living? Cause I find that sometimes when people start things, the very thing they love, it becomes sort of the, the prison they face is that, and if, if it's too personal, forgive me, you know, it's just, it's always, it's curious to me. It does that happen when you work with technology that much for you? I would say um, the same things I loved about technology when we started this business, you know, playing games, hanging out online with friends, et cetera, et cetera, still do today, still a big fan of. Um, I've never been a big fan of just phones in general, um, gotcha. social media, people's addiction to phones. Like I've always, <laughs> I've always, you know, on most days, my, uh, my happiness is directly tied to how little I'm on my phone. So ah. um, I wouldn't say that that change is a result of the business we're in um, necessarily, but just uh, have tried to find happiness um, outside of my electronic that happens to be in my pocket everywhere I go. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I, I find sometimes I really feel like I've got to get away, which is ironic because it used to be the other way around for a long time. And given that everybody's stuck indoors now, how is that... Um, made a difference in your business? Are people shipping their phones over to your locations? Are they still stopping by? What, what does that look like for you in, in today's age right now? You know, fortunately for us, um, it's been good for our business kind of across the board. So we offer repairs via mail-in. Um, we offer obviously repairs in our stores. And then we've also got a fleet of vans um, that can come directly to your home or office and repair your device. That's pretty cool. Panels this year are up for us. Um, whether that's just us getting our name out there and kind of reaching some critical mass or some of our competitors in the industry struggling more through COVID um, yeah. than us, you know, or people not having that uh, IT person in their office because they're at home now, like whatever the reason, um, 
you know, uh, there's probably not many businesses in the I position. I didn't of- think of that. That's a great point. A lot of people are used to, there's probably always that one person at the office who's super tech savvy. They may not even be the official IT person. And they're like, hey, can you do the thing you do? And now it's like, oh, who am I going to call? You yeah, break, I fix. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me, um, now that, that that's happening and everyone's shifting and you're doing okay. Do you, do you find, cause it's interesting. You break iFix, right? It starts with iPhone and then your partners are Google and Samsung. Now that's cool because, and I understand it too, because iPhone has made it more and more difficult to actually repair it, right? As a third party. And so it would make more sense to partner with companies who have a little bit more of an open forum to look at what's behind the what's under the hood and how you can repair that. Now, is that the reason for that? Or is it just by chance and circumstance that you ended up partnering with them? And, and does Apple not partner with anyone? You know, for us, it's it's all about just the opportunities that have presented themselves over the years. And, you know, that's been with the partners we have today. Um, we're we're hyper-focused on the experience in our stores and feel like um, when we can, the experience that the OEMs allow us to provide with their tools and their equipment and their parts is is the best experience for our customers. Um, but we haven't had the opportunity to work with, as you can imagine, every OEM in the space uh, sure. at the same level. So we're, we're, we're hopeful that over time, um, everybody... Uh, kind of sees what we're doing and, and appreciates the value that we bring to our customers and their customers and hope to have an opportunity to work with everybody. But there have been, you know, um, great opportunities with Google and Samsung that we, we couldn't be more proud of um, to be partners with today. Now, if I was an executive listening in on this or maybe even a small business owner listening in and I just don't have the IT tech savvy, how would I go about now that I'm listening to this going, you know what, how would I go about getting a hold of your team? Just go to youbreakifix.com. Um, so uh, everything's on there. You can get a quote for the repair. You can summon a van to your house. You can print a label and mail it in. You can find a store close by and call them and, you know, uh, have them, you know, try to diagnose uh, your needs over the phone. Um, but everything starts kind of at youbreakifix.com. I like that there's there's that actual person on the other side of it, though, because I know a lot of people when they try to get an IT problem solved, press one now, you know, it's like I <laughs> operator, you know, so, is it, <laughs> so it's cool that that you can you can summon a van. I mean, wow, that's kind of magical if you think about it, right? You get to summon people to come and help you with that. That's something that isn't done anymore. It's so hard. You always have to go out. And so that's definitely going the extra mile. Customer service. Do you do you remember your your first terrible customer service experience that made you like determine you were going to do things differently in your business? Or is it just something you've always just had this standard of quality? Um, I think for us early on, like, you know, we started in 2009. The economy was pretty rough. We were yeah. we were just starting to get into retail. Many were exiting retail. Um, and you know, I think it wasn't a personal customer service experience. We just, we just feel really convicted that if we don't create a memorable experience in our stores, that people won't continue to do business with us over time. 
and that the complacency can set in really easily. And, you know, there can be alternatives. People can buy phones. Like, you know, for us, a lot of times we're convincing people that repairing their phone, forget about choosing you break, I fix that repairing their phone is a good alternative to replacing it. hundred percent. And if we, if they come into our store and we don't offer a great experience, not only are they not going to come back to you break, I fix, but they're going to be out buying a new phone next time. They're not even going to bother trying to fix it. So I think we've always seen the stakes um, at hand in our stores as pretty high. And, and for that reason have taken um, the challenge of exceeding people's expectations really seriously. You know, given that you're you're so involved in technology and over the years, you, you know, self-proclaimed, you've been invested, knowing that personal devices are going to be the future. I've seen a few devices, and I, I want to pick your brain on this, where now they're not even laptops, but they have all the all the casing and the and the keyboards and the trackpads. But now we'll be plugging our phones in to these devices to run based on what's on our phone into the screen that's going to ensure that more and more people are going to need their phones to be working in optimum levels do you do you see that being part of like where you'll be in the future or what are you what is your vision for the future yeah so our our vision is to fix anything with a power button you know we started with iphones we expanded to other phones and then we expanded to tablets and then laptops and you know, now today, one of the great things about you break, I fix is you, know, you can walk into a local store and if we don't fix it, it's free. There's no charge to get a diagnostic done on your device. So it really encourages folks to come in and give us a try. Um, but for us, you know, for a long time, we were growing this business and we're like, well, what happens if the next phone's unbreakable? What happens if it's not glass? What, what, you know, what happens? For us, we, we just got really comfortable with the idea that there is no doubt that technology is going to continue to play a larger and larger role in our lives and that the need for a local electronics repair store is going to do nothing but grow with it. We just have to be diligent about creating the systems and processes so that our stores can adapt to whatever the future brings. And I think we feel really confident in our partnerships, supply chain systems, processes, et cetera, that whether it's the next laptop or the next phone that, you know, we've put our technicians in the store in a position to exceed customer expectations. I think it makes a lot of sense to, to, to have that philosophy because I myself am using a MacBook that's definitely an older generation, but it's old enough that it still allows for itself to be boosted, to compete with a lot of like what's happening out there today, you know? And for me, that's great because it's a Mac product. So it's, it can be expensive to get what I have in here out of the box from Apple. And I know they're making it harder. So it's making me consider alternatives moving down the line as they move closer into the closed chip and all that, you know, and while that's great for optimization purposes, you're right. As far as devices are concerned, especially phones, when we have like the Google pixel coming up and trying to compete with Apple and I don't know what their what their guts look like and whether they're allowing people to repair it. Is that is that something? Because that's I think the only competitor that's uh, maybe there's another one I, I think I've heard uh, one TC I, I can't remember what it's called. But there really aren't many people out there trying to take Apple's spot and if they can, and with that market share being so divided evenly predominantly between Google and Apple, I find is a lot of your work coming from that company or the, is the Samsung Google area more than, than the Apple work now? Yeah, I mean, we see tremendous benefit um, 
to being partners with Samsung and Google and see and see a ton of volume from those relationships in our stores. Um, but we also see, just like we see iPhones, we see you know laptops from OEMs that that we aren't necessarily partnered with, and tablets from OEMs that we aren't necessarily partnered with. So. Um, while sure Google and Samsung make up a big part of, of our business, you know, thanks large in part to the relationship we have directly with them. Um, there's no shortage of, of odd things walking into our stores. I mean, I could tell you stories about sonogram machines um, that need monitors replaced, you know, uh, dancing Santa Clauses, like you name it, that have, have come into our stores and, and our <laughs> customers. That's amazing, man. You, you, actually, you know, something relevant, uh, people are probably experiencing a lot of webcam issues or this or that, and it's not due to connectivity. Is that something they can call in to see if it's something you guys can do too? Yeah, and people can walk in with anything um, and we'll take a look at it. And, you know, like I mentioned, if we can't fix it, it's free. So th that's one thing we always wanted to make our customers comfortable with. Of like, don't be afraid to come in and ask questions. Don't be afraid to drop off your device and get a quote. Um, and there's no obligation. if, if if repair doesn't make sense in your situation, you know, no problem, you know, hope to see you again and, and that you'll give it another shot in the future. So Justin, I know this is 600 locations and, and you're doing big things with this, but do you have any ideas for like branching out to do other things yourself? Oh, no, I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> we're pedal the metal. I don't know that I have time to think about doing anything else. Um, wow. We, uh, We've got big ambitions for the business. I, I think uh, in the last 12 months, we've put 700 vans on the road in addition to the, you know, 63 or 67 stores we opened last year. So we're, we're all in um, really with the pedal of the metal, just trying, trying to grow this thing and, and make sure there's a U-brake I fix conveniently located next to everybody listening to the show. See, that makes me curious. I'm glad you brought that up how do you go about deciding to open a new store? Is this something that you pull in data and you decide, okay, this is what I want to do based on this data. I think this location is better than that location in terms of, is that, is that how it's done? Yeah, we have, uh, we've partnered with some companies that do, you know, retail analytics and, you know, they look at everything from our customer data to cell phone data, to trade areas, to, you know, other co-tenants we do good next to our historic store sales and they'll look at a market and say, you know, based on the way customers move and based on the success you've seen in your model so far, this is where we suggest. And so we have a pretty sophisticated algorithm that looks at a multitude of inputs and then, and then really gives us good direction based on historic results on, on where we should be putting new stores. I love that. And then <clears throat> it says co-founder, right? But then there's, the, there's a difference between that and then there's the CEO, right? Then there's a CMO. Now, is your C-suite separated, divided, or as a co-founder, do you wear so many hats, you're not even sure what C-suite is? <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't we didn't come out of corporate America, so we probably don't have the structure. <laughs> Respect. The structure C-suite like some others. I mean, uh, my partners are Eddie Trujillo and David Reif. You know, um, David, is an engineer by education and ended up building kind of all of our technology and really, really um, helped put us in a position to differentiate our services and, and really automate a lot of the tasks that happen at the store so that our technicians are put in a position to focus on the experience in front of them. And, you know, Eddie 
has done a great job cultivate, in addition to stores being his idea in the first place, um, cultivating relationships with our partners and making sure that um, our, our strategies, our partners are aligned with our strategies for the overall business. So we, we've all thrown a shoulder here, you know. Yeah. I've, I've built furniture in stores. I've ran our distribution center. I've moved our distribution center. Like we've all worn a bunch of hats, but I think that's what's really cool about the break I fix culture in general. It's just like everybody's doing whatever it takes to get it done. I was just about to ask you, I love that there's no job that it sounds like there's no job beneath you. You still get your hands dirty, even if you're, even if you're the founder and, and that, that's such a, like, it's so hard to, to explain that to somebody who comes from the corporate world and launches a business, you know, um, and not that, you know, to each their own, but it really is cool to see someone be a leader, you know, and to know that there's a culture in the workplace that they're trying to establish values that they're trying to promote to their team. Uh, it sounds like it'd be a great company to be a part of if, if, if I was looking to get into that industry. So for me, like, uh, are you guys actively hiring at this time also, if for anyone who might be listening? Uh, always, always hiring. I think uh, I looked at some numbers earlier, you know, day by day, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I think we added uh, 88 people to our, to our corporate headcount in the wow. last 12 months. So that was like a 48% increase, you know, during COVID and all this. Yeah. So it's been, you know, the growth has been incredible. The opportunities, the growth has created has been incredible. The culture of the team. I mean, yeah. we can be more proud of, of the group we work with and what they've accomplished. I think that's awesome. And, and it just says so much also that there's, that there is a trend of people dedicated to repairing their things too, and not just buying something new. I, I think that says a lot about, about our society still, because it, yeah, if it's not completely obsolete, why spend, I mean, it, I mean, cause you know, the paint, the picture that's painted in society is the consumerism is at an all time high. And while that might be true, for me, it's a relief, just like people getting away from their technology. It's a relief that people are repairing their technology and not creating more waste. And for me, you guys are basically a part of a solution, a broader solution to a bigger problem in our society, which if you look at it, which is that a lot of things go to waste and you guys keep waste from happening by being there front and center for repairs. It's, it's so interesting how everyone has an impact in such a global issue and being 600 locations you you're making a huge impact i don't know if you've ever thought about that but for me that's huge yeah we should do some uh, focus some more pr around that right I, yeah i wish i could say like oh that's why we did it we're so selfish <laughs> um you know I, th that's that's uh, unfortunately no. not the case but it is it is a really exciting outcome right like uh it makes just it makes you feel real good you know coming to work every day and knowing you're making a positive impact and not, I don't know, as an example, selling cigarettes instead. Yeah, no, I, that's just the thing. A, a lot of the times just hard, just genuine hard work from the ground up, building a good team, being a good person. And somehow by consequence, you're doing the world an entirely huge favor. And that for me, that's like the ultimate expression of entrepreneurship and business. And you, you're just chilling, you know, doing you. For me, nothing but respect for you, Justin. Seriously, I, I got to roll out the red carpet for you, man. Uh, where do you prefer people to contact you specifically if they wanted to reach you? Um, can you email me, uh, j.weatherall.ebreakifix.com? Um, that, that's the most common place. Um, 
in keeping with my uh, not staying off my phone, I don't have any social media, no LinkedIn, no Instagram. I figured. I figured. <laughs> um, so uh, pretty active on email, but that's that's about it. Okay. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to ask the question. It's traditional here. If there was somebody who was listening and it was like the ultimate listener you could have possibly wished for, whether you're a fan of them, someone specifically you're looking to bring on to the team, you name it, it could be anything. Who would that person be for you to connect with? I just hope somebody's listening. That's what I thought about. You're like, who do you want? I just hope somebody's listening to this. So, you know, for those of you who are, thank you um, for listening. Uh, but uh, just really honored to have the opportunity to come and, and talk to you today and hope somebody picks up something, you know, interesting or exciting from this and, and it helps make a difference for them. I mean, I, I definitely did. Uh, my biggest takeaway is I never take the time to sit there and, and think about how a business can inadvertently make such an impact. And in having this conversation with you, it made me realize where how powerful the simple is, you know, uh, not just having a solid business model and having real leadership, simple leadership. I get my hands dirty too, no difference, right? But the the power that creates in a company, I mean, you, to you, it might just be Tuesday, Thursday, you know, but those, those little subtleties get lost in the sauce in a lot of places. And then to know the kind of impact it has, you know, when it accrues, in terms of the work that you do for me that just it's just always there man you never really know how you impact the world and today i found that out it's going to cause me to reflect on some of my own things and how am i reflecting uh do you have any leave behinds any anything that always gets you through a hard time since people are facing a hard time here that you want to maybe leave behind for someone listening a leave behind uh, i don't know like in the in the path yeah, I'd say perspective is always like super important, right? Like you're you're having a tough day, you're having a tough week, you're having a tough month. It feels like you're drowning and, you know, a year from now, you won't remember what that month felt like. So just important to keep your head down, you know, remember that, you know, the valleys come after the peaks. So if things are easy, they're probably about to get real hard. And if things are hard, they're probably about to get easier, right? And it's, it's hard to... Have that perspective in the moment, but uh, you know, I've taught myself to relish in the in the the hard th the things that are hard, knowing that the outcomes of those hard things will be worth it. Do you read Stoicism? That sounds so stoic. <laughs> no, I wish I could say I read a bunch, but that's not the case. <laughs> it's just the games you play, man. That's what it is. Yeah, people. Yeah, oh, I got that from Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of skills that are learned from video games. I don't think anybody should ever look at it any other way these days. It's a billion dollar industry now, right? Esports. So yeah, yeah. Justin, man, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I, I hope you don't feel like I, I dug in too deep with some of these personal questions, but for me, it informs me a little bit about how it, cause every entrepreneur leaves their DNA in the business, you know, and I'm not surprised after hearing, hearing your philosophy and your perspective, how it is you got to 600 locations in a partnership with Google and Samsung. That makes sense, man. I, and cool. I hope that you're proud of what you've done. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.